I just want to tell you right off the bat that if you're new to Blue Valley Baptist Church this morning, almost nothing that will happen from this point on is what you would normally experience. Uh, obviously, we have a message, but it's delivered a lot differently, and it is built around usually a specific text of Scripture. But today is a different kind of day because part of my job as a lead pastor is to um, cause us to think about where God might be, be taking us as a church. And so I, I want to share some very specific things with you today that means everything about how I'd normally be with you and sharing is going to be different, but I think you'll understand as we move forward. Christianity is a relentlessly optimistic, forward-looking faith. But you might not know that. For all the hand-wringing Christians in America can do in the face of growing cultural hostility, or for all the judgy, self-righteous critiquing of the faith that Twitter super-Christians spew on a regular basis. It's true that cultural hostility is growing, and it is necessary for the church to be called out for her sin. But all of the hand-wringing and all the critiquing has started to overshadow the truth of what we have just read together and what we have sung together. The church of Christ Jesus is empowered with the abundance of Christ's riches and protected by the abundance of Christ's love. Because of that, our triune God is able to do more than we ask or think in the church now and forever. It is therefore a sin to sacrifice the future for the sake of a comfortable, settled present. You may know that I've been doing some volunteer work for the regional arm of our denomination for the last few years that's about to draw to a close. And doing that has given me perspective not just on the nature of our denominational work, but given me perspective on Blue Valley, the perspective that I would not have otherwise had. I've noticed how easy it is for a Christian organization's purpose to reduce down to merely existing. In other words... It would be easy for Blue Valley to state that our reason for existing is to continue to exist, which is a far cry less than what the church is capable of according to the power at work in us. God has spent the past 41 years putting all that we have at Blue Valley in place. And surely everything He has put into place here is for a greater reason than for us to simply continue being a church in Johnson County, Kansas. The elders and our staff have come to believe that He has brought us to where we are for a purpose that is beyond all that we ask or think. It began in January. Our staff and our elders began to seek God's purpose for us. And the question that drove the entire discussion was this. What will faithfulness look like for our church these next several years until we celebrate our 50th anniversary as a church in 2028? Now, Put another way, how will we measure being faithful when we are celebrating our anniversary in 2028? Now, as you might imagine, when you open that kind of broad question up to a group of 20-plus very strong, opinionated people, the initial answers are going to come at you like a tsunami, and the answers will be all over the map. So spread out it was in those early days that it was impossible for me to see any correlation in much of it and cause me to question why I ever asked the question in the first place. However, slowly but surely, 
patterns began to emerge, common paths began to appear, and concrete goals began to crystallize. The result was for us to identify for the first time ever in the history of our church what it is that we really value as a church or what we will need to value as a church in order to be faithful. It also caused us to revisit our mission statement in light of how we felt the Lord leading us, and ultimately, all of this resulted in a vision statement, a clear set of goals for the next nine years that we as staff and and elders would like to propose to you for adoption later this fall. And our discussion is going to be downloaded for you now, the things that we came up with. And I know that you were taught that good students take notes, but here's what I would strongly suggest you do. Don't take any notes. There's a reason you don't have to take notes. I'll share that with you earlier. But I'm of the conviction that sometimes note-taking gets in the way of just listening. So let's just listen to what uh, the elders and the staff have proposed, and then I'll tell you how you can find it and think more deeply about it um, a little later. So our discussion identified 12 things that Blue Valley values or will need to value in order to be faithful until 2028. First, we value challenging our church family to take personal responsibility for introducing Christ to those in our circle of influence. That means that we are not an attractional church. Here's what I mean by that. When I began ministry back in the late 80s, the way you did church is that you had a big thing You had a big speaker, you had a band, you had a big thing happen, and then everybody was told to invite their friends to come to church, and we lived in a culture at that time where if a friend was invited to church, they'd say, sure, I'll go. And so they came, and then we just fire-hosed them with the gospel, and then people would get saved and baptized, some of them for the fourth or fifth time. (laughs) Those days are over. They're just, they're gone. They're never coming back. So let's get that in our heads. And instead, the gospel is going to have to be carried in the 21st century like it was carried in the 1st century. We believe it needs to be carried by our individual members into their world rather than asking the world to come into ours. Our elders sought to create an outreach strategy statement that kind of crystallized this for us, and you'll be hearing more of this in the coming years. That statement says Jesus expects, not suggests or hopes, but Jesus expects members of all ages at Blue Valley Baptist Church to commit to using their gifts, talents, education, vocations, and life experiences to share the gospel of Christ through their personal stories of following Jesus in their neighborhoods, in their schools, in their workplaces, and around the world. That's the first value. The second value, we value challenging our church family to take personal responsibility for their personal discipleship and discipling others using the spiritual disciplines. Now, if you're new to our church, the spiritual disciplines is just a a broad heading that covers things that we know that we need to be doing as followers of Jesus, reading our Bible, praying, things that we don't think about a lot, memorizing Scripture, meditating on Scripture, things that we hope to never think about, fasting, um, those kinds of things. That's, that's the spiritual disciplines. And so that's, that value means that we understand that discipleship is not simple information transfer. I grew up in a Southern Baptist context. We used to have this thing at 6 o'clock on Sunday night before 7 o'clock church called Training Union. 
Almost no one in this room, given the age of this room, has any idea what training union is. But what you would do is you would sit in a class. At the end of that class, you'd fill out a little thing in the back of the book that you were given. You'd mail it into the Southern Baptist Convention. You'd get a certificate back saying you know stuff. And this was called discipleship. It was information transfer. You need to know things in order to be a Christian. But discipleship is not information transfer. Ultimately, discipleship is becoming like Jesus. Not knowing Jesus' stuff. So our elders this year define discipleship in a single statement in this way. Discipleship is the process of following Jesus, using the spiritual disciplines, so that our people actively engage Jesus to live their lives as Jesus would live them and then personally teach others to do the same. That's the second value, personal responsibility with discipleship. Third, we value plurality in leadership that facilitates our church's focus on Christ as the head of the church and creates a culture of leadership development. In other words, we do not believe that it is spiritually healthy or church healthy when a central figure like a lead pastor becomes what it all rises and falls on and is calling all the shots without accountability. And so what we've done as a church over the past several years is elevate people in our church, lay men in our church to the level of pastor, and we are all together, and together we process through what the Lord is calling us to do so that it is not built all around one person. It's built around God making his will known through God-called men in the church. We value plurality and leadership. We value challenging our church family to consider God's call to co-vocational or full-time vocational ministry and sending them out to serve in God's kingdom. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't value that. We have not valued that for years as a church. But you will see that in order for us to get where we're going, we're going to have to value it. When I was growing up in church, part of the invitation at the end where you're invited to make a decision included maybe God is calling some of you to ministry vocationally, co-vocationally meaning that maybe you're called to be an engineer to make your living, but your call, your passion, what God's put you on the earth for is to lead a church. So you make your living as an engineer, but you pastor a church that couldn't afford to pay a full-time pastor. We were, um, that's what co-vocational means. And those kinds of invitations went out all the time. And what we're doing is we're repenting of a failure to do that as a church. And more and more, you will hear a call to ministry through our preaching, through our programming, and through our messaging. Next, we value ministry expansion through multiple campuses and church plants and church plants rather than ministry expansion at a single location. This means that we do not believe that God's plan for our church is for us to build bigger and bigger buildings. It does not mean that we won't modernize and update our buildings and at times reasonably expands. It just means that we will not be making the mistake that many other churches have made, a mistake that was made by a church where I'll be speaking next week in Albuquerque, New Mexico, made back in the 80s and 90s. Back in the 80s and 90s, uh, a church called Hoffmantown Church in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, is one of the two anchor churches for Southern Baptist life in the Western United States, running 3,500 to 4,000 people a Sunday. Today, they run about what this campus runs, this single campus of Blue Valley Baptist Church. And so what's, what's ultimately going to be driving 
them? Well, we got to fill this building. <laughs> and that's, that's what's driving them at all. And that can begin to do really weird things with faithfulness, believe it or not. And they're, they're doing their best job with it. But still, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. And so what we will do instead is pray about opportunities to create more campuses and plant autonomous churches as we grow. Six, we value expository preaching done in a way that enables our post-Christian culture to hear Christ speaking throughout His Word. Expository preaching is the practice of systematically preaching through Bible books and extended passages, and that's what we've always done. But if you've been here for the full 12 years I've been your pastor, you've noted quite dramatically that how those messages are presented has changed. It used to be, you know, all buttoned up, coat and tie, standing, you know, right here behind this big imposing piece of furniture and thundering down, you know, God's Word. And now we are still doing expository preaching, but we've greatly simplified the presentation and made it more relational. So we'll value that, but that's what we mean that we are talking to our post-Christian culture. We're not making assumptions anymore when people come to Blue Valley Baptist Church, even if they've been coming for a long, long time that uh, they know everything that you're talking about with some, without some help. So we value expository preaching. Seven, we value worshiping in a way that is inclusive of all generations. That means that we're not going to adopt a worship style that intentionally excludes anybody. We'll instead worship in a way that focuses on content rather than a contemporary style or a traditional style. Our goal is for parents and grandparents and their grandchildren to be able to worship side by side. Eight, we value building small group community through Sunday school. Blue Valley Baptist Church does Sunday school better than anybody. We just do. I mean, it's just, it's empirical fact. I mean, we just do. Um, When we have uh, 850 here on a Sunday morning, we're going to have more than 700 of those people involved in Sunday school. That's unheard of in this part of the country. We We do Sunday school, and that's how we build small group community. Nine, we value age-graded ministry that complements the spiritual leadership of parents and that this um, disciples the next generation of Jesus followers. The primacy of age-graded ministry predates my ministry at Blue Valley and will continue, but it has not been, nor ever will it be confused for age-graded entertainment. We unapologetically have fewer age-graded ministry events than most churches our size or larger. Now, we have those events, and when we do them, we do them very well. But the focus of our ministries is supporting the spiritual responsibility of parents and then undergirding your efforts to see your child grow in Christ. Ten, we value systems and policies that provide support for complex ministry. That may seem like a weird thing. To have as a value, but it's true that we really try to think through in advance how we do things so that we are not getting in our way down the road. So we value those systems and policies. Eleven, we have a strong understanding of church membership and believe that it carries both responsibility and privilege. There are a lot of churches nowadays, even in our area, that really don't have membership at all. But we believe that being in an official accountability relationship called membership is not only biblical, it is vital for our personal spiritual health. And then finally, we value engaging 
the spiritual and physical needs in our community and in our church through ministries we establish internally and working with local ministry partners externally. We do not believe in a social gospel that says if you improve a person's life situation, you will drag them into the kingdom of God. But we do believe that the gospel has social implications and causes us to minister to the human needs both within the church and in our broader culture. So, we believe that these values clearly identify who God has led us to be and who God is going to require us to be as we think about the future. So now let's start specifically thinking about the future. And to do that, we need to start first with our mission, a fixed point for us that doesn't change. This is what our mission is in any time and in any generation of the church. That's what church's mission is. And all of them really should be an application of the Great Commission of Christ in Matthew 28 to our specific church context. Ten years ago, we adopted a mission statement built around what we call the five habits of a Jesus follower. The first time Blue Valley ever heard of the five habits was 10 years ago in two weeks. Simply stated, our mission for the last 10 years has been to glorify God by helping people understand what it means to follow Jesus using the five habits of a Jesus follower. And you see that on our walls and in our literature and on our, uh, on our website. And we've pretty clearly been doing that. But as a part of this process, we began to see something wrong, not with the mission itself, but in how we viewed, had started to view the mission. And a couple of our elders, Jeremy Murphy and Ryan Hudnell, were, were the first to really start flagging this for us. They noticed that our mission could tend to have a very internal, Blue Valley-only focus. It seemed to be isolated from any thought to how God might have us do something for Him beyond our campuses. As it was worded, it could lead us to believe that our mission was only to do whatever it was we could right here in Johnson County, Kansas. But as the Great Commission reminds us, our mission as followers of Jesus is a global mission. Jesus told the first church to go and make disciples of all nations, not just to those who happen to live next door in Jerusalem. So the elders discussed Jeremy and Ryan's observations. The staff did so as well, and it became pretty clear that in order for our church to be truly obedient to the Great Commission, we needed to add one little word to that 10-year-old mission statement. And that one little word is the word everywhere. So we're proposing that as a part of building our church to be faithful in 2028, we adopt the following mission statement. The mission of Blue Valley Baptist Church is to glorify God by helping people everywhere understand what it means to follow Jesus using the five habits of a Jesus follower. And you say, well, that, that seems like a big waste of nine months uh, to come up with that word. I mean, there's a lot of brain power computing that, Derek. Good for you. And it may not seem like much, but adding that one little word to our mission statement causes us to have to look at what it means to be faithful as a church through an entirely different lens. 
It causes us to see that faithfulness isn't just about expanding Blue Valley by growing our existing campuses and creating new ones. It's also about advancing God's kingdom beyond the Blue Valley brand. It's about being truly global, truly kingdom-oriented in our focus, and that becoming the driving focus of our church which then leads me to share with you the following proposed vision statement. A a specific goal that is a manifestation of that desire to make followers of Jesus everywhere that our elders and our staff believe should drive us as we move towards our golden anniversary in 2028. It's on your screens. The vision of Blue Valley Baptist is to become a multiplying church that is actively establishing local campuses and planting autonomous churches locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally by our golden anniversary, 2028. Now, I want to make sure you understand the weight of what this means. It means that if we adopt this, when we are celebrating our golden anniversary in the fall of 2028, faithfulness for us will mean that at that moment, we are celebrating the start of multiple campuses here in Johnson County. And we're celebrating the establishment of autonomous churches in Johnson County and in Kansas and Nebraska and across our country and even celebrating the establishment of churches internationally. Now, it's important to ask how we are possibly going to be able to do all of that And so let me share with you the strategy that goes along with it. And I'm about to cover an awful lot in a very short period of time, but it will be coming up on your screens. And again, I'll give you instructions how you can lay your hands on the document itself um, before we leave. But right now, let's just kind of saddle up and go. Are you ready? We believe that we are going to become a multiplying church by doing several different things. First remaining committed to our mission of helping people everywhere understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus using the five habits of a Jesus follower. And we will do that by continually incorporating the language and declarations of the five habits in our preaching and our worship and our teaching and in our messaging. But then this next thing is very important. Remember that discipleship statement that the elders came up with? Here's where it shows up. We believe that we'll also do this, remain committed to our mission, by teaching people the process of following Jesus using the spiritual disciplines so that our people actively engage Jesus to live their lives as Jesus would live them and personally teach others to do the same. Here's the simple thing. If we're going to be a multiplying church, it's going to require first that this group of people become fully engaged in their walk with Jesus, that we become devoted followers of Jesus. We are being discipled by taking personal responsibility for that. And then we are looking around us saying, how do we disciple someone else? That has to happen. We also believe that we will become a multiplying church by creating a multiplication culture in our church. And we will do that by communicating. Remember our outreach statement? Here's where it shows up. By communicating that Jesus expects, not suggests or hopes, but expects members of all ages at Blue Valley Baptist Church to commit to using their gifts, talents, education, vocations, and life experiences to share the gospel of Christ through their personal stories of following Jesus in their neighborhoods, schools, workplaces, and around the world. 
It's going to be our job to take the gospel out there. Next, we will do that, create that multiplication culture, by renewing a focus on the call to vocational ministry. I've mentioned that already, especially co-vocational ministry. Those who may be engineers or may be software analysts, but who also have calls from God to lead in the local church. And we will especially do this among our children and among our students. So understand this, mom and grandma. We're going to be calling your children and grandchildren to enter into ministry vocationally, which means that they may not stay five minutes away from you for the rest of their lives, which means that they may wind up going to a country covertly as an engineer, but in a very dangerous way, establishing churches somewhere where the gospel is not. And you say, well, that's awfully big for you to say. You, your, your two oldest live 20 minutes from your house. Well, you ask them when they get out of serving preschool in a minute, how many times I've looked them in the eye and said, leave. <laughs> I have. Not leave because I'm tired of paying for your lunch on Sundays. But leave because there's a world out there that needs what you guys can offer in churches that need your help more than us. I've done it, and we're going to be calling others to do it the same. We'll also constantly present the vision to establish campuses where our people are. In other words, you're living in an area, maybe a little distant from one of our campuses, and it's hard inviting people in. And so what you decide you want to do is, is maybe be a part of establishing a campus in that area with other people that are a part of Blue Valley and other people that don't go to church. Establishing a church in that area, a campus of Blue Valley in that area. But also, we're going to encourage our church to plant churches where we aren't. So we may not be in North Kansas City, but God is calling us to be a part of establishing an autonomous local church up there. We will be challenging adults to consider being a part of a new campus launch or a new church plant locally. Most churches measure, this is a statement I'm borrowing, most churches measure their success by their seating capacity. We are going to measure it by our sending capacity. We're going to celebrate how many people we can send out of here, which causes people to say, well, if you're sending everybody out... How are we going to keep up the work here on the home front? And here's what I'll tell you. Any church that starts veering in this direction, God sends people by the droves. So it's hard for people to leave because they're getting trampled by people coming in. So that's what we believe will happen. And then we will challenge adults to consider relocating vocationally to other parts of the nation and world and partnering with church planners in those areas. You've heard me say this before, but some of you could do exactly what you're doing in Olathe in Portland, Oregon, one of the most unreached parts of the United States. And we're going to challenge you to put in for a transfer, relocate your family a long, long way from home, and then partner with a church planner there to establish a gospel witness in places like Portland, in places like Phoenix. And by the way, I'm ready to go to Phoenix if anybody you know, wants, wants to send me. Um, we'll, we'll do those kinds of things. Next, we'll create a, a, a multiplying church by maximizing our sending capacity. And we'll do that by eliminating current indebtedness in order to devote continually growing resources to multiplication. We want to 
Get out of the business of constantly being able to pay off fairly substantial debt and instead get into the business of perpetually funding gospel kingdom expansion. It doesn't mean that we'll forever be out of debt. It just means that we've been in debt for a long time as a church and let's just zero the thing out and let's start fresh. Next, we'll maximize our sending capacity by building the numerical and financial strength of existing campuses to their maximum potential which will include creative use of existing facilities, possibly including non-traditional worship times, and possibly limited uh, capital projects because the buildings, these, this particular room here um, hasn't had a thing done to it in 10 years and is now uh, almost at year 20 of existing. There are going to be things from time to time that have to be done, but we'll do that in a limited way. And then we'll also maximize the sending capacity by leveraging existing partnerships to aid us in multiplication. What kinds of partnerships? Like our partnership with the Kansas City, Kansas Baptist Association. In fact, an opportunity is presenting itself right now for us to potentially partner with Lenexa Baptist Church to plant a church in Lynn County, which is one of the counties in our association. There are 91 counties in uh, the Kansas-Nebraska Convention of Southern Baptists that have no Southern Baptist Church. And that's the one that is closest to us. And so we're looking at planting a church down there. We'll also partner with the Kansas-Nebraska Convention of Southern Baptists. Another one of our partners is the North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. And an opportunity is presenting itself for us to consider partnering with a North American Mission Board church planner locally and a North American Mission Board uh, church planner in the Midwest to assist them in planting their churches. The International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention is another one of our ministry partners that we can use. Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is another one of our ministry partners here in the local area that we can use. And then we're going to explore relationships with new partners who can help us in our efforts to become a multiplying church. And in fact, an opportunity is beginning to present itself for Blue Valley if we adopt this to be in the business with this organization of planning an international church within the next two years. If we decide to do that, that's something that we would be able to do. Now, that's a lot. So let's just finish with these words. Twelve years ago, when I was new to Blue Valley, people would always come up to me and say, what is your vision for our church, new guy? You know, young guy at that time. Uh, what, what, what is your vision for the church? And my answer, and some of you may remember me saying this, is that my vision is to have a vision. That's, I, I just I want to have a vision. I want to see what God would have us do. I didn't come in with a preconceived notion about what God might lead us to do. I came in knowing what my strengths were and what my values were, and I was open about those things with the pulpit committee, and I was open about those things with the church, and we've built around those things. But I had really no clear idea exactly what it was that God wanted to do with all of that, what a vision was. And if I'm being honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in a very real way, it's taken these 12 years to find that vision. The leaders alongside whom I labored um, for months, I think, would say the same thing. We believe with all of our heart that what I've just shared with you represents what faithfulness will look like for Blue Valley in 2028. So now what? Well, this is such an important moment in our church that we want to make sure that you have the necessary time to pray about it 
and to learn more about this as a church. To that end, this fall, we'll be educating you on the implications of this proposal through our Sunday messages and through special meetings where you'll be able to ask questions of our leadership that will get scheduled a few times through the fall. But educating you all begins with you having access to the entire document that I've just summarized for you to look over. So starting um, as soon as church is out, you can access the proposal by going to the website. And if you want to start writing notes again, you're no longer shamed for writing them. Here's what you can do. You go to the website. You click on About Us. There will be a link that appears to the right that says Proposed Mission, Vision, and Value Statement. Um, and click on that and you'll have the summary. And then links to that page will also be available on Facebook uh, and the Twitter. So there you go. And then on November the 24th, we'll have a special call meeting in our worship services on both campuses to give our church an opportunity to express buy-in. To not just accept what the elders and the staff have come up with as being our direction, but for all of us to say, yeah, we believe this is where God is leading us. And understand that if we do adopt this as a church, your leadership will consider this their marching orders. And they will not look back. These aren't just words on a paper for us. They are our instructions that you will hand to us. They are a map that you will hand to us. This document would wind up driving everything we do, and it will change our church in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. Which brings me back to where we started. The God who alone can make all of this possible. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.